this is all of Jeremy's nightmares coming to life. Oh, they're laughing at him. And Jeremy's about to find out why. Jeremy's about to realize that the ball went 60 feet over the fence. He hit a home run and didn't even realize it. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes. You are tuning in to probably one of the greatest podcasts of all time. Because this is season two. Season two, baby. Season two of RP. Uh, this is a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies that you absolutely should have seen already. I am Scott, and I'm here with three of my very best friends in the whole wide world. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> he was... means that. I'm Jake. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. S- Scott can say something <laughs> else. <laughs> and he, I'm he, Scott. He started He started again like he was going to say something, and then he just went... <laughs> Sorry, I had like a little cough slash tickle. I see. A little tickle in your throat. I had a little tickle in my throat. How are you guys doing? I'm crushing it, man. Well, we just ate food, so I'm feeling a lot better. All I, I do is win no matter what after Campini's. Yeah, I, we just uh, had Campini's. You want to give a shout out to Campini's? This will be yeah. our ad copy for Campini's this Campini's Deli Italiano. If you're in uh, the Temecula area, hit it up. You know, say hi to, to Papa Campini. I assume that's who owns it. Papa Mama, Campini. Mama and Papa, Mama Campini. And Papa Campini. It um, is delicious. They have uh, just a sandwich called the Campini Special. And it's, uh, I mean, it's essentially like an Italian, you know, an Italian club or whatever. But the best version of it. Oh, yeah. It's I, really solid cuts of meat. I've, I've seriously never had a better sandwich in my life. The bread's really good. It tastes fresh. Yeah. So, you know, then the vinaigrette is so choice and i had a cannoli for the first time ever and it was pretty good too congratulations yeah they're not even paying us for this we just mean it yeah that's yeah only kind of true yeah we actually paid paid for it (laughs) (sighs) jake i reach out to all these people beforehand and i make sure we get a check all these people just campinis (laughs) (laughs) yeah mama and papa campini (laughs) yeah all of them all the mamas and the papas of the campini family how much money did they give you that's for me to know and Dan to know, but no one else. Do I get to know? I can tell you later. Cool. Yeah. Can you tell me, Tyler? Uh, yeah. I don't okay. care who you guys tell as long as it's not Jake. Okay. I uh, I hate my role in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> can I say? No money. I feel like I'm doing all the work because I set up those servers. Yeah. You know, like nobody else. Yeah, but done. then you dismantled them without even telling us. Well, I, I provided a substitute to you. There was no difference. That's and fair. That's what matters. I guess so. If you if you insist is the user experience. Yeah. And it's the is the same. It's just better on the back end. Speaking of user experience, uh, we really want to know what you guys think about Zach season two season two Zach. Versus yeah, let us season know. One, Zach. Be honest. I'm I'm not a fan. <laughs> I wasn't asking you. I was asking the end user. You can, That's me. I listen. You can no. DM us. I on, listen uh, and then I listen to Zach be mean to then me. Then you can DM us. On Insta. <laughs> yeah, you guys you never respond. <laughs> we don't have an email for this podcast, do we? No. We just have Instagram. Yeah. Actually, we have a Twitter too. We just never use it. We also never use Instagram. Uh, so. I mean, we use our Instagram to find out if Gosling was hot. We did. Very successful. What was the verdict on that? I'm pretty sure hot. You know, like I'm even if sure hot. even if most people didn't say hot, which most people did, it was uh, like 80, 83 percent to seventeen percent. I think it yeah. was. Gosling is he's hot. 
with a it was like uh like 16 with a one percent uh other and a write-in for ian summerholder <laughs> That's oh yeah right. who was that <laughs> boone no, I know who Ian Summerholder is. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Lost. <laughs> but who said Ian Summerholder? It was uh, Nat, it was Andrew's, Nat. Yeah. Andrew's girlfriend. Interesting, okay. She's a big vampire diary. She's also uh, she's also a tot. A tot. Uh, uh, that's what we call our listeners. If, you don't, if or- season two Zach doesn't remember <laughs> what season one Zach was told. I'm gonna be honest. I first like my first thought was that's the batch pad listeners, but that's, that's geckos. geckos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, did you just think we were trying to be mean to one of our fans? Yeah, <laughs> she's not <laughs> just JP. Call her a tot. Yeah, <laughs> she's, like, that a, she's a real tot. Yeah. Is that a slur? <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, how's uh, JP doing? <laughs> I'm gonna have to check with him. Probably he's probably a little butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> he he really looks up to you guys. JP, I want to take back everything I said. But, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. It's the same the way I can't undo my ratings for There Will Be Blood. Like, I don't I think you can't. realize like how much like he used to love There Will Be Blood. And then he listened to the episode and heard your like your rating, and he yeah. said this movie's not good. I know. Like I, 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 I sway see people. It. I see it now. It is trash. I You're know. an influencer. I sway people for sure. So I think you've given him some like real self esteem issues. Good. Because that was what he thought was the best. No, then, because then he slammed him. Like he looked up to Scott oh, so yeah, much, yeah, and then yeah. Scott slammed him. It's like um, never Sp- Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man Two. Didn't see it. <laughs> Don't put it on the uh, list. I'm I'm dying to hear this. Uh, Electro, the guy that played Electro, really uh, looked up to Spider Man, oh. and then Spider Man dissed him. Dude, how often is that like a trope in superhero movies? <laughs> uh, Iron Man Three has the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It, it's got to be an other one. So, so anyways, we're talking about Moneyball. Yeah, let's talk I about we're Moneyball. talking about Electro. Yeah, yeah so the movie Electro. Yeah. Scott, you nominated Moneyball. I did. I have actually I had before this never actually previously seen Moneyball. Um, but it was a movie that I wanted to see and I saw that it was on our list and also I was one of the people who hadn't seen it so I knew it was true that it could be on our list and so I picked it. Do you doubt the other movies on our list? There's sometimes, yeah. There's every once in a while, like I'm looking through the list and I'll even ask Tyler. I'm like, who hasn't seen this? And most of the time it's Jake or Zach. Really? It's it's me, maybe? It's there's, never me. The, oh, I believe and if that. I, and, if I'm, and if I'm asking it, it's not me. I think you've seen every movie. <laughs> I think period. when Harry met Sally was the last one you had to see, and now you've seen every movie. I think in another year of this podcast, the movies that I have seen will be a subset of the movies that Tyler has seen. <laughs> That's there's true. like there's like five or six more, and I'm gonna pick them, and that'll be it. So, yeah, I got plenty of movies that you guys haven't seen. They're just I mean, all trash movies. I have plenty of movies you guys haven't seen too, but they're just they're old, and I, I get I I get they get called trash undeservedly. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we but, know. Uh, but that's the thing is, you guys, you guys have seen every movie I've you seen. You bring this up every episode. You've seen every movie I've seen. Yeah, I've just I need excuses. We'll pick movies <laughs> that none of us have seen. <sighs> yeah. Wait, wasn't? But how do I know if it's good? Of, has there been a single movie that none of us had seen? Have we done that? I don't know. So no, oh. I don't think so. Was I the only late bloomer on Moneyball? Oh, I hadn't seen it. You hadn't seen it. No. What did you think? Um. I'm going to be honest. It was a bit underwhelming. I liked it a lot. Um, I think that they overhyped it. 
Mm. Uh, Zach and Tyler specifically, they, yeah. but every other person that I've heard talk about it. Like I thought it was gonna be a life changing movie, and it was really good. Do you and think I, if everyone says this is a really good movie, that maybe you're in the wrong? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think so. I, I just I don't think it was what I expected, and I I think it was fine. Like I I shouldn't say fine. I think it was really good. Like if mm. I had not heard anything about this movie except for like what what it was about, I probably would have walked away from it being like whoa. That was really good. And mm -hmm. that's probably the experience everybody else had. Yeah. But I had this experience where I was like, whoa. And I was like, okay, I'm really expecting a whoa. And it just wasn't mm. okay. quite, it wasn't quite what I thought. Gotcha. What, what do you think could have been better about it? Um, I don't, I don't have, I only have one specific thing that I really didn't like about the movie. Other than that, I think it like, it was good. It just wasn't what I wanted. But the thing I really didn't like was all the flashes to, um, regular or to the real footage it really took me out of the movie. Oh, really? Where I had to think, I, like one is like, don't beat me over the head with, I get it, it's a true story. You don't have to keep showing me the real footage. But then I had to think about it. I'm like, am I watching movie footage or am I watching real footage? And then all I'm thinking about at that point is, oh, I'm watching a movie. And hmm. I, I kind of lose what I'll do out of it a little bit. Yeah, it just pulled me out of the movie. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, before we jump into your guys's opinions on it, uh, Tyler, what did uh, the other guys and IMDb rate it? And what are the other facts around it? Yeah, so this movie, uh, Moneyball, was release, released September 23rd, 2011. Uh, it was directed by Bennett Miller, um, who hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, he was most famous uh, for Capote uh, with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then uh, which was you know the story of Truman Capote. And then he also directed... Uh, Oh man, I'm blanking. Foxcatcher. That was a really big deal a few years ago. Just some movie about foxes. No, it's a. It, that would be in uh, in Bummer Summer for sure. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking it was like a, what was that movie about the goose? No, this is Steve okay. Carell, uh, who is a uh, wrestling coach that molests his. Uh, I'm not that interested in watching that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very depressing movie. And then one of them kills himself. Uh, one so, of the students. So bummer summer. Yeah, bummer summer. Yeah, guys. A fox catcher for sure. I'm not going to make it. Guys, let summer. us know if you want us to do a bummer summer. No, they're going to say yes. <laughs> no, what if they don't like our bummer movies? They, I mean, they probably like hearing me be sad. Maybe. Because I'm in pain. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could let the fans tell us what summer bummer movies we have to do. Please just say summer blockbuster fans. Please, I don't trust please. the fans, <laughs> yeah, especially if JP's one of them. <laughs> uh, this movie was written uh, by Steve Zalian and uh, also written by Aaron Sorkin. I think uh, Steve Zalian uh, kind of wrote uh, the kind of wrote the story, so to speak, and then uh, Sorkin came in and kind of punched up dialogue. Um, but Zalian's kind of a big deal. Uh, Steven Zalian, he wrote Schindler's List, mm. uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Searching for Bobby Fischer, uh, just a lot of lot of really great Hannibal, um, a lot of really impressive movies. I have a question. Um, what story was there to write? This mostly just happened, right? If Sorkin came in and did the dialogue, did he just say, hey, you should di write dialogue about this thing that happened? Uh, I mean... Yes and no. Like Peter Brand is a fictional character. Okay. Well, and like, I think too, like you could have told this story in a thousand different ways. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. You still have to write the story. It doesn't okay. matter if it really happened or not. Yeah. Like it's not, 
it's not a historic huh. documentary. Yeah. Um, and even those, even documentaries have writers. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Zalian, great writer. Obviously, Aaron Sorkin, probably the best dialogue writer. You know, IMHO. Yeah, it's no question we're all huge fans of his. Yeah. Uh, it, how maybe many if Sor- he would have worked on Blood Diamond, it would have been better. Oh, I'm sure it would have. <laughs> yeah, sure it would have yeah. been. Uh, no brainer. The biggest beef we had was the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> how many Sorkin movies have we done now? Uh, this would be four. Four. Wait, wow. really? Would I- no three. Uh, because we did Social Network, uh, A Few Good Men, this. Oh, this is the third. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I thought we did do one more, but I guess not. Ma- I can't I can't think of what it'd be. Uh yeah. I'll I'll go back and look uh by the end and maybe there would be another one. I I think it was just those two were the first two that we did. Cuz we did them back to back. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh the other guys gave this a 94%. Uh IMDb gave it a 7.6. It did $110 million in the box office on a $50 million budget. IMDb gave this a 7? Seven? 7.6? Seven, 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 six. Seven, six. Yeah. I mean, I know IMDb is a lot less, but that feels a little low. That does feel a little low, especially considering Blood Diamond, they gave an 8. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. How much did it make again? I, I missed $110 million. And at, what was the budget? 50. The budget. 50. So it about okay. doubled. Gotcha. A little bit more. I feel like this was a big, like this is one of the movies I can actually remember when it came out to theaters and I feel like there was a lot of buzz with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing about it, but like, I'm not a big baseball guy and I thought, Oh, this is a baseball movie about, you know, like some guy that ran a lot of baseball stats. It didn't see when you talk about it, it honestly sounds like a boring movie, but yeah. when you watch it, it's, it's not that. That's what Sorkin does best. Like Make social network. Boring I mean, in, cool. yeah. in 2011, I, I, I hadn't realized that. I didn't yeah. know who Aaron Sorkin was. Well, 2011, you was an idiot. I still barely okay. know who Aaron Sorkin is. Is Scott right an idiot right now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you barely know who Aaron Sorkin is? Barely. That's such a weird way to like quantify how much you know someone. <laughs> like, do you know them or not? Barely. I barely. I barely. Yeah, it's like you know a little bit about them. Uh, he's that, that movie guy, You may guy, have right? bumped into him once. You bumped into Aaron Sorkin? <laughs> you may have bumped into him once. Yeah, I may have. Like at a... I don't know what it like. Looks at like. one of Danny's <laughs> dinner parties. Yeah, I'm over I at Danny's Danny all the time. I a friend of Sorkin. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did, uh, did this win any awards? Uh, it did not. Uh, it was, however, uh, nominated for a couple of awards. It was nominated for Best Picture, uh, Best Actor, uh, for Brad Pitt, Best Supporting Actor for Jonah Hill, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Adapted Screenplay. Mm. What beat it for Best Picture? Do you know, Tyler? Uh, yeah, I'm pulling that up right now. Uh, it was The Artist. I don't even know what that is. I feel like I've heard it, but I don't know. It was a, like a silent movie, I think. It was uh, like a fr- it's a, a, a Thomas Langman created it, he, and he was a French, uh, he's a French uh, film producer and actor. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was silent as well. I'm not certain, mm. but it doesn't it, sound like it, something I would watch. It kind of, the artist kind of swept the Academy Awards with the exception, most notably that year of uh, Meryl Streep getting her Oscar for the Iron Lady about Margaret Thatcher. I never saw that either. That's not surprising. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> Not Solid. new information. Solid banter. <laughs> but, dialogue, whatever we're going to call this. But the other movies uh, up for Best Picture that year uh, was The Descendants, uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, um, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. Can I say something about Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close? Um I had heard kind of what it was about and my mom watched it and then she's like, you should watch this. It's just a nice movie. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, you didn't tell me that this is the saddest movie of all time. Talk about bummer summer. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, like that was good, but you, I was not ready. Well, what's it about? So it's about this kid whose dad dies in nine 11. Okay. And then he is it's Pete Davidson. I was just going to ask. <laughs> if he, if he starred. Oh, no, um, it's not. But, but I was like, I don't remember that at all. Um, and like Tom Hanks is his dad. And then he's like dealing with all this. It's like right after 9-11. He's like going through on this. Like he thinks his dad sent him this quest. And he's like this like really like quiet like kid that doesn't talk to many people. And he ends up talking to a bunch of people and all about 9-11. And I'm like, this is so sad. You're telling me part of the plot is that a kid talks to people. You said he thinks his dad sent him on a quest. So he, it wasn't his dad. Or it wasn't I guess, a quest. I'm sorry, spoiler alert for extremely loud and incredibly close, but uh, no. <laughs> no, he was wrong about that. It, no, it wasn't his dad or no, it wasn't a quest. It was just an accident. Oh. Like there was like some base he had bought from something and then there was like a note in there, but he had just bought it. There was a note in there. The note was from someone completely different. Yeah. Interesting. So, sounds like a nice movie. Yeah. Just like a nice movie. If you're just ready to be wrecked, it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. A lot of strong contenders that year though. Yes and no. I mean, I, I I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was good. Uh, I I don't know about the artist. I, really I never love saw it. the artist either. I, I saw it. I just don't know if I really loved it. Oh, yeah. I never saw Hugo. Midnight in Paris is good, but not exceptional. Um, e- I really like Midnight in Paris. Tree of Life is I haven't seen it. so weird. I think you might like it. I've never seen Tree of Life. I also thought that The Descendants was really good, too. Oh, really? Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I think, it's, I think it's safe to say Moneyball is like the best of all of these. Yeah, I mean, the only one that I would have even <laughs> sorry like, to disappoint yeah. you, Tyler. It's like you've got like War Horse, which was just like crappy sea biscuit. Maybe this was not the strongest slate of movies. I think there's just movies in there that I liked, but now it's just like when you put it in the perspective of like, were they good enough to win Best Picture? When you, so do you guys think the Oscars not. got this one wrong? Do you think this one? Should it have won? sounds like they. Oh uh, well, I don't know. I haven't seen the artist, so I can't judge. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really remember the artist it was just a noir film and i Mm. yeah um it's just old black and white silent film you know got it made in 2011 uh so no i I don't know that it really should have won the oscar and tree of life like i mean yeah it was good it it also had brad pitt in it that year so brad pitt was in two oscar nominees that year um but I don't know it. So you're saying Moneyball Terrence Malick is so weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I had never seen this before, and I think I agree with you, Jake. Like, I thought it was really good. It was a solid movie, but I think it got overhyped for me, not just from from them, but like from everyone I've ever talked about. Like, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about Moneyball. Yeah. Um, and so I went in thinking like this was going to be like top of the line, like maybe top 25 movies all time type of a, a, a piece. And it, it wasn't there for me. 
What did, what did you guys think this time through? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's near perfect in execution. Like it, like, yeah, it's near perfect. It, it's flawless score. Uh, you know, it, to, to be honest, it reminds me a lot of social network. Um, like, you know, it, it's obviously not as like dark and intense, uh, as what, you know, uh, Fincher would do or would have done. And I think I would have liked to have seen that, but I like what the director did quite a bit. I, I think he did a really good job with it. I really liked their use of like their technical use of like light and I thought it sounded great. Um, Jake, I know you had kind of mentioned you didn't like the including the the uh, archival footage, but for me that was really freaking cool. Like it, it just really like set me in the in the time um, because you know, anytime you're doing something that is like a biopic, it's, it's, it's sometimes difficult to like really set yourself in the, the time that it's happening. Like, cause I mean, it's not like it's that old, but it is technically a period piece. You know, this happened 2002. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 20 years ago, um, and sometimes it's hard to like set yourself and like root yourself since it's close enough that like most of the people watching it lived through that. Sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, is this right now or is this, you know, some other time? And so I think that that was super valuable for me to be able to to like root myself in history a little bit and in the, the time. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be like dismissive, but like what about watching old footage from a baseball game gave you any context for the time? You know, like it's just some baseball game, right? But I know what baseball looks like today and I know what baseball looked like in 2000. Okay. And it's not even that, but it's it's not just some baseball game. It's like these were huge wins for this team and what ended up being like the longest stretch of wins in history, I believe, right? Yeah, up yeah. to that uh, point. At that point. And so for me, it was like it, more than seeing the footage of the players was seeing the footage of the fans. I thought that that was cool and really powerful. Um, seeing how hyped they were during these like legendary games, like I feel like an A's fan when I'm watching that. And a lot of They're- it, and this was really cool. A lot of it, they actually it wasn't actual. Like they used a lot of archival footage. They gave the they the um, MLB gave I think twelve thousand hours of archival footage to the producers to make this movie. Um, and so they used a lot of that, but then they also recreated a lot of the archival footage. Interesting. It was, um, there was a team back in like 1916, I think it was that had a 26 game streak. Uh, but one of the games in the middle was a tie. Mm. And so it's kind of like there, but also not with an asterisk. But then this got beat in, I think it was 2017 by like, uh, the Cleveland Indians. Gotcha. They got a 22 game streak. Mm. Yeah. I think like to your point, like if it was just footage of fans, that would have been a different thing for me. But like, there's like, okay, you're telling me that Chris Pratt is this guy. And then I have to look and be like, is that, that guy's supposed to be Chris Pratt, right? And I got to really think about it. Well, Chris like that, Pratt's supposed to be yes, that Yes, Chris Pratt's supposed <laughs> to be this guy, right? And I got to really think about it. Like those, like the footage of the players was the thing that I didn't like. Like if it was just like, oh, you show me shots of fans, I might've felt entirely different about it. But they did do that. Like they put, they recreated it. If you see a player's face, it's 
the actor, not the player. Every time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anytime you see the anytime you see an archival footage, the face of the player, uh-huh. it's they it's something that they recreated. Interesting. Was, we were looking at some of the trivia before we jumped in the podcast, and uh, weren't they orig- I don't remember who the original director was going to be. Oh, Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Yeah, uh, he was going to use actually all the actual players from this team at the time. And then it got dumped by Columbia Pictures, and so. Which I'm really thankful he didn't do that. And then they hired real actors. Yeah, I, I, I mean, sure, they're great. I mean, I guess not great baseball players, but they're they're I mean, they, were, they were the team that they need. But they're probably not great actors. They're I probably, probably oh, not no. great. I yeah. wouldn't have wanted to watch that movie. Yeah, and especially like to watch uh, poor uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill try to play off of terrible actors. Like it <laughs> yeah. just would have been really. The, really rough. I have a question and this is more of a baseball organization question. Cause like I kind of understood like Brad puts general manager yeah. and then the guy that I would have called the coach, they kept calling the manager yeah, the head coach. He's the head coach, but they were head, calling him the, the manager. Yeah. He's that's it, They're kind of inter- interchangeable. The head coach is the manager, but a manager is not the general manager. I see. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was kind of confused. I was like, is this guy the coach or not? I, yep. I think it's just, he's the head coach. Phil, you're talking it's about just, Phil, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. 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 Art Howe. Uh, the the direct, the manager of the A's at the time uh, the uh, they're they're just not often called head coach because managers of baseball teams pretty much of professional baseball teams don't do any coaching like there's a coaching staff that's like working with them on drills but the uh-huh. manager is overseeing all of those coaches they're overseeing the overall strategy of the game yeah, the plan for the game they're and, and calling like plays calling but, plays but they're not like they're they're not as involved as like the head coach of a football team would be. Uh, no, I think the head coach of a football team. I mean, it's relatively similar. I like, would they're say not, they're not doing like like the head coach isn't doing any kind of like hey, let's work on but get back to the fundamentals type. Like of not stuff. a lot of FaceTime with the players. No, hardly it's, at all. It's mostly like play calling, j- overall strategy, yeah. communicating to his coaches what he wants out of certain people or certain players, that kind of stuff. But yeah, he's kind of like the the executor of everything. I H- hated him. What? Why? That the head coach? Yeah. Art how? Oh, because he, he was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like him either. He wasn't listening to his GM, but Yeah, like if your boss tells you to do something. But at the same time, I'll I'll give him this is that a lot of times GMs don't sh- shouldn't uh do as much in the field right. as as they So like to some extent, like I understand, like he's like I'm paid to do this why are you telling why don't you just coach it then that's yeah i like i took it as like my boss is telling me to play a catcher as the first baseman like he's insane i'm like if i do this i'm losing my job and i'm gonna do what i think is best like i i was completely sympathetic to oh i I was sympathetic to his situation but after a certain point like you have to do what your boss is telling you yeah you gotta listen and then like you like if I get that he had a contract and that's probably why he didn't get fired. But like, if you tell your boss, like, look, I'm just trying to do good on my next job interview. Like, I don't like that person at all. You know, that's just disrespectful. <laughs> it's, I guess it's hard he, when your job felt like he felt like his boss was sabotaging him. Right. Yeah. It's and hard so, when your job's in the spotlight. Yeah. And that your boss won't like, uh, consider like l- looking at your contract to be longer than a year. Mm hmm. Like, so he's out to dry no matter what, and his boss is making him look like, you know, if he does what his boss says, it makes him look incompetent. Like, 
I feel really bad for his character. I felt terrible for Art Howe. Like I, and yeah. I, I didn't feel like he was a a victim of Billy. Honestly, I just felt like he was a victim of the entire circumstance. Like, circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I he. I don't know. I never thought he didn't play like a victim to me. He just played as like this like insubordinate, disrespectful guy. Interesting. That's a really. Yeah, I lean more towards what Jake. How okay. Jake felt. Gotcha. Yeah. It's but so I, funny I, how four people can <laughs> watch a movie and come away with opposite. It just feels like we're watching a different but, movie yeah. here. <laughs> but I understand like that it wasn't a good situation for him. Like I yeah. totally, I totally realized that. And like if I was in that same situation, like I probably would have listened to my manager, but if it would have went down, like I probably would have th- then thrown my boss under the bus. Well, yeah. I think even at one point they say like, uh, like a commentator says something to the effect of like art is, is playing this team the way that he's hoping for, uh, potential employers would want him to play. Like no, that was what Art said. I think the commentator said something like, oh, he's doing the best with what he has. Yeah, yeah but, but Art like, said, I'm doing, I'm going to play this team in a way that I can explain in job interviews. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. the line, yeah. So, but also when they started winning, he got all the praise and the GM didn't get any. Either. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. And Billy, the GM, didn't care. Like, No, he just wanted to win. Yeah, like Peter was like, did you hear what they, did you hear what he said? Like Art, and he said, I heard, winning streak like, we, you know, like, we never see uh art take the credit for himself we no. really just see it attributed to him well, so we don't know if and that's so much of professional sports sure sure yeah. sure yeah more so i'm just i'm defending why i don't i don't see him as if um or i mean i i don't see him as this like rude insubordinate character you know i mean i definitely see him as insubordinate because that's what he was doing yeah i mean i guess technically yeah but i don't see him as like the villain yeah like he's not the villain to me. I I didn't like him though. Like I I was never like I, every time I was like just listen to your boss. You know sure. like you're if anything like if nothing happens like if, if the worst happens like one your boss is probably gonna take the blame but two you can say like this is what I was told to do at the end of the day. I don't think that there's That's any true. any reason for you to like if my the the head of the organization I work for comes to me and says do this I'm not gonna be like that's the wrong thing to do. I'm gonna be like yeah okay. Yeah, I think the trick is, and this is something you said earlier, Scott, the problem is is that it's not so much like in our job, like if we get in trouble for something, it's a closed door conversation. But like Art Howe was tried in the court of public opinion, mm-hmm. not in... Kind of, but it seemed like he was getting so much more sympathy. Like throughout the movie where they're like, look this is what he's got and this is how he, he's playing the team the best he can where like they were losing and it, it was more Billy Bean's fault. Right. To a lot of people. But, but then when he was winning, it wasn't, Billy but, he but was that's that because he was, because he was doing it, his he was way. doing it his way. And yeah. so he was playing his game in the court of public opinion. Like if you do something that your, your boss says for you to do something and, and you, you know, don't fully agree, but you just do it. And it's like, I'll deal with it later. You're not going to have a million people talking about how on, you know, talking about how big of a moron you are, you know, like that's just not, you don't, we don't have to like live in that world when it comes to insubordination with our boss. It's very different when your boss, when your job is like public and it's like for the public. Uh Uh-huh. Um, like, you know, at, at some point it's like, well, yeah, you're my boss, but like really the fans are our boss because if they stop, if they stop buying tickets, we don't have jobs. So I'm going to do what I need to do for the fans and 
I don't really care about your plan. Should I get into my feelings and thoughts of the of now that movie? we're half an hour in? And all we've done is talk about the politics ah, of yeah. Art Howe. Art we, Howe. we dissected Art Howe <laughs> and what he did. A character I wasn't even sure if he would come up or not. Yeah. But oh, he had Zach, to come up for me. Zach, how did you feel about watching it through this time? I love this movie. I've seen this movie countless times. Um, countless? Yeah, I'm sure that I could. Count I mean, I've I, I've we've I done movies on this podcast where like Tyler has said like I've watched this no less than fifty times. Would you say more than fifty? No. No, I've never seen any movie more than 50. Okay. Okay, so uh, there's a count. Countless for me, sure. There's always a count, but, you know, for me, I, I don't rewatch movies very much, and so the same way with Social Network, I've seen this movie probably maybe closer to 10 times or so, which is a lot for me. Okay. <laughs> I'll concede. Maybe if you can do I it was, on two hands, <laughs> countless isn't isn't the, the word I go for, but. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me, Scott? No. <laughs> I anyways, you, anyways. I forgive you. Um, I love this movie. This is probably a, a top five movie for me. All time? All time, yeah. Wow. Um, you said that you, you expect it to be like in a top 25. I don't think I would ever say that this is a top 25 movie ever made, like in an objective sense. But for me personally, it's within my top, uh, definitely top 10, maybe top five. Um, I'm with you, Tyler. I think this is nearly perfect if not perfect um i love everything about this movie and this is personally my favorite brad pitt performance i think Ever? It might, i think it might be his best yeah it's huh. mine too really? mine i have too a, by far. I a question th- for you zach L- real, real quick okay. let me just say i feel like with brad pitt i always love brad pitt in anything yeah. he's in i always love him but more often than not i'm kind of seeing brad pitt more than i am the character he's playing uh-huh. and i feel like he really disappears into to Billy Bean. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you said you feel like from an objective standpoint, you wouldn't call it one of the top 25 movies ever made, mm-hmm. but you think it's perfect. Mm-hmm. What, like, why then is it one, why isn't it one of the top five movies ever made? You think there are like 25 more perfect movies than perfect? I think because I wouldn't say that there's any less than 25 perfect movies ever made. And I think that there's perfect movies out there that are probably more important. Um, from a topical standpoint or from like a, a cinema standpoint for like what they meant to cinema at the time or maybe it was a little bit more revolutionary to cinema. Okay. I don't know if Moneyball is that to cinema, uh-huh. um, but perfect in that like I can't think of any flaws that it has. Okay. I'm sure I like I, I think that there's probably many perfect movies if you look at it from that point of like, are there any flaws? I think there's more than 25, uh-huh. you know? Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah, perfect is not... Perfect to say something is a perfect movie, that it's executed perfectly, doesn't mean that it's like the one perfect movie. It just means that it it was executed perfectly. Yeah, I guess in my thinking, when I'm thinking about the best movies of all time, if I look at a movie and I say, this is perfect, then I... I would have thought, oh well, then it's got to be one of the best of all time. But I mean, I think that's that, not necessarily like, the case. I guess. There will be blood is kind of perfect. Yeah, and like No Country for Old Men, and I've already said Social Network. Like, uh-huh. there's just four right there that we've yeah. already done. You know, with, um, and I'm I'm not meaning to like drill into anything, so we can move past this if we want to. But with, so you rated Social Network ten out of ten, but the other mm-hmm. two you just mentioned you didn't. Mm-hmm. So like, where does that discrepancy come in for you? Why do I rate one higher than the other? Well, not necessarily higher, but it, I would think if you thought a movie was perfect, yeah, that you would like then put it up at that ten mark too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what, I was just wondering, like, just where the you way that it. I 
And to be fair, he did rate it nine eight and nine five. Mm, so it's not really like high. it's not. What did I rate nine eight? There will be blood. There will be blood. Yeah, I think for me, to, what gets a movie that I think is like objectively perfect to a ten is a little bit of subjectivity. Does mm. it mean a lot to me personally? It. Is it one that I love and like savor? Like I love There Will Be Blood, but it's not one that I'm like excited to like show people go back to. Or, like I'm gonna like or... if I feel like I need a movie that like means a lot to me personally, I'm gonna go back and watch There Will Be Blood. Whereas I do that with Moneyball and I do that with Social Network, and that's kind of what boosts it to a ten. Cool. Like I would probably give like Fellowship of the Ring a ten. I don't know if like objectively it really deserves to be a 10 but i think that it is near perfect for a fantasy movie and it means so much to me personally that like i i watched that movie a lot yeah is fellowship your favorite lord of the rings movie yeah for sure really Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely not my favorite but for a while for like a solid six months i was in a lord of the rings mood yeah and i wanted to watch lord of the rings but it was the only one available on netflix (laughs) so you just (laughs) really yeah i watched it literally like four times over six months why would they only have one i don't know that's weird because there's only one lord of the rings one book sauron exactly (laughs) (laughs) nailed it fellowship's my favorite yeah, I would. I would I probably Return do Return of the, of the King. King's my favorite mine. movie, but yeah, I, I can see it. Fellowship uh, is a little easier to watch. It's a it's a little lighter, and I, so it's a little like more comforting to me. I think Fellowship might be my favorite book. It's tough to say. Fellowship is for sure my favorite book too. Yeah, yeah so like I watched Moneyball. This watching it with uh, with Scott was my third time watching it this year already. <laughs> wow, this year in twenty twenty one. Yeah, dang. Wow. Um and yeah, I'm 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 I feel very confident that it is I I I would say I I would say that most of the time yeah, I'm maybe using like the the slightest hyperbole when I say perfect, what I mean is near perfect. Um so like there are movies that we've reviewed that I've rated perfect. And this will be near perfect, you know, this is like it, because in execution it is damn near flawless. If I had to run through it, you know, frame by frame with a fine tooth comb, I'm sure that I can pick nits about small things, but this executed on everything that tried to do it executed on it perfectly. And it was compelling. It's a compelling story. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's part of it too. Like where this might win more points for me than like, let's just say no country for old men is I do find it personally more compelling. I find it more moving. I'm impacted on an emotional level more than I am with there will be blood or no country for old men. How much of that has to do with the inclusion of fat Jonah Hill? Probably 75%. Makes sense. Yeah. He was the better actor (laughs) than skinny Jonah Hill. Yeah. Or buff. Jonah Hill. <laughs> is he he was buff? He's pretty big now, isn't he? I don't know. I thought I saw a picture of him in big, but it might have been a Photoshop. Who knows? In big? Isn't that no. an old movie? Like no, he was looking big. big. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like big but muscular. I still haven't seen big. 
That's a Tom Hanks movie, right? It's on our list. I haven't seen it either. But <laughs> that's not good. God, it's not exactly. It's not a Tom Hanks movie. It, how, how it is? It, it is. is. Oh. Uh, how how dare you people have the audacity to grill us about our uh, how how we review movies? I wasn't grilling you. I just was trying to get insight into what Zach was saying. Yeah, I wasn't grilling either. But I, I was, I'm just I'm just teasing. Like, yeah, the, that might the joke wasn't that you were grilling us. The joke was that you haven't seen Big. Like. Is Big the one where he's a little kid and then it becomes a man? Yes. Oh, okay. that's Patch Adams. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, gonna, 13 going on I'm 30. canceling this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what were some of your uh, favorite favorite lines, favorite parts? I think my favorite part, hands down, is when they're... Uh, He's doing all that shuffling around to do all those trades. And he's like, okay, I want to get this guy. So now let me call uh, like uh, San Francisco and offer them this guy. So he can't trade him there. And I loved that scene. I thought it was so fun. Without a doubt. My favorite scene is when they're sitting around the table for the first time with Jonah Hill. And they're having all the conversations of like, why well, we really need to like pick up this guy. And he goes, uh, no, I don't want any of these guys. I want this person. He, and they're all like arguing. And like he just keeps like going to Jonah, like because he, he gets on base. <laughs> he points it. Do you want me to talk when I point to you? Yeah, <laughs> that was like that funny. was just such a fun scene for me. That was for sure my favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, I liked all the scouting scenes for sure. In particular, that one was a good one. But in particular, the uh, conversation where Billy Bean sort of introduces this to all the scouts, and he and he says, uh, you know, like. You know, you're still talking all the same good body nonsense. Like we're trying to sell jeans. Like we're looking for Fabio. It's like who's Fabio? Mm -hmm. He's a shortstop from <laughs> Seattle. Like, like no. <laughs> those uh, those scouts uh, re really pissed me off because uh, it's like I I I don't know. I work. And like at work, I feel like you, you get talk to people that you come at with data and then they're like, oh, I don't feel like this is what it is. And it's so it, it just kind of triggered me where it's like, he's coming at you with math. Yeah. You can't argue against it. Like it's <laughs> what it is. Sorry, I hit Scott's mic. It's all good. Um, but like it is what it is and there's no arguing it. Interesting uh, with the scouts is that all but four of the scouts in this movie were actual scouts. Only four of the scouts were actors. Hmm. So I, I bet you that was a realistic depiction of how they did scouting. Like, Hey, he, his girlfriend's ugly. So we can't draft this guy there. When we were looking through the trivia, that was actually one of the things that came up was that the A's actually used people having an ugly girlfriend as a reason to not draft them. That's crazy. And it was because they didn't have good eyesight. Apparently. <laughs> Ouch. Savage. Um, did I ever guys, did I ever tell you guys about in high school? So I played baseball in high school and um, my senior year, I didn't do great. And uh, I, I honestly didn't have a really great year at all in any of my years of high school baseball. But um, when I came back to Woodcrest, maybe like two years later uh, for something else, it might've been the thing we did on Mondays. Uh, I was wearing glasses and uh, I was walking up and I walked up to our coach and he goes, Scott, do you wear glasses? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, how long have you worn glasses? And I said, I got them like right after I graduated. And <laughs> he was just so upset at me because he's like, why didn't you wear glasses when you were playing baseball? Like, 
you could have saw the ball better. <laughs> now I know why you sucked. That's yeah. a little insulting. <laughs> you yeah. were blind. That's right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I love I love those scouting scenes. I I agree with Jake though. My my absolute uh, my absolute favorite scene is uh, all around the final day of trading. Yeah, that it's just so classic Aaron Sorkin dialogue, just it, it is, really fast. Yeah, moving a mile a minute. And oh yeah, like it, honestly, I had a hard time following it, but I kind of followed it, and I was like, this. I I don't even care that I'm not following every move. This is just fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good time, and and you get the gist of what's happening. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I also liked when they were uh, recruiting uh, Scott Henberg. <laughs> the scene yeah. where they're just in his house, and the the other guys with him, and he's like, "Well, you know, we could just get a fan and teach them to play first base." <laughs> what about the fans? Yeah, maybe I could teach one of the fans. <laughs> That's <laughs> not that hard. Tell them it's incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, I I didn't know Chris Pratt was going to be in the movie, and I guess this is before he made it. You know, he's not, he wasn't Chris Pratt now. He wasn't that famous. And I was like, what the heck? Chris Pratt's in this movie? And Mm -hmm. then I was even more excited. And he's so skinny. Yeah, that's true. I really like him in this movie, too. I do, too. I I really buy him because more often than not, he's kind of this, like, macho, like, uh, has this kind of, like, macho bravado about him. And in this movie, he's so timid, you Mm -hmm. know? And I really buy it. And one of my favorite parts i think it's pretty funny is when um one of the other players asks him like david justice yeah he's like what's your biggest fear and he's like oh probably just the ball being hit in my general direction he's like huh that's pretty funny but seriously what is it he's like no that really is it <laughs> and then he just kind of walks away <laughs> good luck with that yeah. man good luck with that man it was like right it, I, it was even funnier i think coming out of like yeah you should be uh brad pitt's talking he was like you need to be a leader you need to be a mentor and then he's just going up and trying and then that's what he gets <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is one of those movies that there's literally like five scenes that if if you took that and put it in a different movie, that would be my favorite scene. But in this, it's just like another. It's one of. Yeah. Like, I love the scene where they're partying after their loss and Billy Bean just gets so pissed off and he goes, he breaks the stereo and he's just like, <laughs> this is what losing sounds like. This also happened to me in high school. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were dancing so my, with your pants down. <laughs> once again, of. it was my senior year of baseball. And uh, I was injured at the time, so I didn't have to, like, deal with this uh, because I was sitting out. Um, but we had we had traveled to a different uh, team stadium to play, and we had lost. And the whole bus ride back, everyone on the team was, like, singing songs and, like, having a good old time. And the next day at practice, everyone had to run 10 miles. Oof. 10 miles? We didn't do regular practice. You just ran? We just ran. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he was like, you guys want to have fun losing? Like, this is what losing is going to look like. Dang. That, I didn't have a story that uh, that severe, but it reminded me when I had that, um, when I saw that, it reminded me of like, I played football when I was a kid and they like played music in the stadium we were playing in. And I remember we were losing a game and then I was like, like stepping with the music and my coach is like, you can step to the music when you do something good. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in like the fourth grade. <laughs> That's what, I thought you were going to say he made you as fourth graders run 10 miles. No. <laughs> Undeveloped uh, muscles yeah. running 10 miles. Uh, I, I almost want to say my favorite scene is when Hatterberg hits the home run. Oh, That's sure. such a great scene too. But I think I, if I have to pick a favorite scene, it's the, the cold open that we had. I love that scene. Oh, when, the very end. Yeah. yeah. When Jonah Hill's showing him the footage of that guy. Like, hey, 
you may feel like you lost, but you really just changed baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, and we didn't get to get to a part that I thought was funny in that when like he, he does the whole thing and he says it and he's like, it's a metaphor. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I got it. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. It's a metaphor. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I love that scene so much. The, the one that you talked about earlier though, the Billy, uh, the, the party in the locker room. Yeah. I feel like that's the moment you know, we talked about earlier and I agree with you that this is one of Brad Pitt's most believable roles. And I feel like that's the moment that really seals it for me where he doesn't feel like Brad Pitt. He feels like every coach we've ever met. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like you just, uh, like sometimes, like sometimes a character needs to like really do a lot of work to like portray something to you, you know, Mm -hmm. to like, show you reveal to you something about who they are but sometimes there's uh, a quality of being able to be a little bit of a canvas that the audience can project their own uh read on that person or that role that position onto it and i feel like that was that was what that was and i guess like to your point like it made me and scott think about our coaches that we had right like it was exactly right what you're saying and where it's like it's not Brad Pitt anymore, it's 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 Coach. Like uh-huh. it's just oh yeah, th- nope, that's Coach. Like got yeah. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what that feels like. Um, I feel like they did a really good job at developing Billy Bean's character and making him like with all his little idiosyncrasies. I thought his character was developed really well, and I think Brad Pitt. Um, again, I think Brad Pitt crushed it, and I thought it was a a character that we don't really get to see Brad portray very often i feel like more often than not he's the sexy cool guy uh-huh. he's rusty from oceans 11 he's uh clint booth or whatever from once upon a time or he's the over the top quirky zany funny guy goofy whatever he's in he's not often the serious man who can't catch a break and loses yeah or like movie. even like to the point where like he has this like such a lack of confidence that he won't be in he won't be on the field when they're playing yeah. a game because he thinks he's going to ruin it. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. You mentioned like all of his like idiosyncrasies and quirkiness and everything. And a lot of people, I mean, this is the case with all sports, but baseball is a very superstitious sport. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much like if you do this one, if you do anything and then you end up winning that night, like you have to keep doing that thing mm-hmm. every game day until it stops working. That's crazy. And I remember in all stars, uh, one year in little league, our, I had a coach that, drove by the field every uh right before the game six times honking their horn and we kept winning so he just kept doing it (laughs) and it's just stuff like that happens all the time it's ridiculous that's funny i'm not super sis i'm just a little stitious just a little yeah what do you guys uh think about the ending of this movie how they lost not necessarily that, but um, how he stayed, how he turned down. Oh, turned the Red down Boston. Sox. Yeah. How he stayed, but even more specifically, the daughter's song. The daughter, yeah. yeah. That um, the the song part was another, and this is not the movie's fault at all, but it was my fault. Where I was like, I know this song, I know I do, and then I looked it up, and I was like, this came out in two thousand and eight. Sorkin, do your research, and I couldn't stop thinking about it, and that was entirely my fault. But what do you, what do you mean? The song that she sang. The movie's in two thousand two. And I was like, she should have been singing whatever was hot in 2002. Oh, is that a real song? Yeah, it was. Uh, I forgot already what it was. It oh, was I, a it was a, a one hit wonder single from an Australian artist. Oh, yeah. interesting. I had never heard it before. I honestly assumed they wrote it for the movie. I heard it in like commercials and stuff. I remember. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, it made sense. Like the Oakland stadium and all that place was his home. Like, and he wanted to keep trying. Yeah. I wouldn't have respected him very much if he left. I'm like, you're going to leave your daughter just because you want to go make more money. Then on the God. other side of the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sure, like, like you, you want to make the money, but like, but that's kind of part of the, that's p- part of the, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is super loud. Horn this is quite the fire engine. a fire around us. Yeah. That's kind of part of the industry is like you, you know, you pick up and leave and you go do what you're doing in a different city for a different team. I guess that's true. But I, I think like we, and we to got your point, like I, I did kind of look up, like why did Billy Bean not take it in real uh-huh. life? And he just, he said, I was happy where I was. Like that's where my family was. So, yeah. I mean, to your point. You and know. like, I, I liked that about him. And yeah. I, I would have, I would have been like looking back. Cause like we, we see the, we have these moments of him kind of as like the dad with his daughter. Yeah. And I would have been like, well, you're leaving that behind for the game for like to go work for the Red Sox or whatever. I would have yeah. been pretty bummed. Like when well, I thought he was going to take it, I was super. Upset. And this approach is actually what uh, helped the Red Sox uh, win the World Series. I don't remember how many years later it was, but two, two years two later. Years later, yeah, yeah. They they absolutely adapted it. They they pivoted. the The funny thing is now, uh, all these years later, um, every team is playing this way now. So now it's even harder for the poor teams because like at, for the, at first it was just Billy and just the A's. And so they were able to game the system, you know, but now everybody, even the rich teams, the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, everybody is playing this way. And so now it's even more impossible for poor teams to get ahead. I think I saw at the end and they talk about like now he's trying to, trying to flip it on its head again. He's like, now, now he's going for some sort of defensive strategy or something. They were like kind of giving the end. They didn't say that in the, in the post credits. It just ended with, he's still, he's still looking for that last win. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause the A's haven't won the world series. Bummer. Since then, at least I don't know if they've won ever, but they definitely haven't won it since then. How about when the daughter singing the song in it transitions to you're such a loser dad? Like what? I love that. I thought it was cute. You thought it was cute? Yeah. <laughs> How so? I don't know. It's I just it super sad. Sad? I think she was just teasing her dad. She's teasing her dad. I don't that's, think that's how she really felt. Yeah. I I guess I interpret it in a much more different way. Oh, yeah, no. It was just like a you know, like teenage the, the daughter, like, like oh, dad, you're earlier. such a loser. Like, you know. I think I built it up that it's this bigger thing that he's listening to the song <laughs> and he's gotten to the point where he all he can hear is you're such a loser and that she never actually recorded that. But like in, in his mind, <laughs> you're reading like, too much Birdman. Way too much Birdman. <laughs> I am. I really, I went way too Birdman much Birdman on this movie. That's, but I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it. It is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just, it, I don't think it was that kind of movie. <laughs> I would also just prefer to think of it as a really cute Cause she, moment. Sure. From, she just seems but like it's a, a nice little, girl. Like a little tongue in cheek. If we hear the cute song right after he like lost. Got, yeah. Loses. And then, but also wins. Finds out that he won. Didn't even realize. <laughs> sure. It's a metaphor. <laughs> oh, got it. Thanks. I missed that. Yeah. Was that that whole scene was supposed to be a metaphor? Mm. I think so. I thought Jonah just thought it was funny. <laughs> He's like, look at the, <laughs> look at this fat guy fall. <laughs> <laughs> I know what will cheer That'll you up, cheer Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it turned out like, good stuff. They were filming the, the cameras. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> just a YouTube video. Yeah. 
So anything you guys would change about this movie? Make Jonah skinny. Oh, that's a bad call. <laughs> make, make Jonah fatter. <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing I would change about this. I mean, what did you guys think of Jonah? We didn't even really talk about Jonah. How did you like him in this? I, I liked it. I thought he was likable. Um, I This is the first time he did serious, I think. Is it? Yeah. Pretty I mean, sure. I didn't even have a hard time because like I, I'm used to thinking of him as like, you know, like funny, silly, but I didn't even have a hard time buying him here. Like yeah. I, did a, I did a really good job and I liked it. I agree. Yeah, I like Jonah Hill a lot. I would say I liked him just as much as Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have said the same thing. I, I think that Billy Bean's character is developed really well, but I related, I think, maybe even more to Peter than I did to, to Billy at times. I loved the scene where Billy made him go fire, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just stared at Jonah for like 10 <laughs> seconds, and he just lets out that. And then I also love when he's like, do you want me to fire Giambi too? And he's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll fire Giambi. I'll fire Giambi. <laughs> and then aggressively eats that Twinkie. Yeah, what is it with Brad Pitt and eating things? He's always I don't eating. know. <laughs> I wonder if he's ever done a movie without eating something. I don't want him to. I want to keep seeing Troy. Does he eat in Troy? He must. I don't think he eats in World War Z. Oh, uh, yeah. Does he become a zombie and then eat a person? I, I no. haven't seen it. I you think haven't seen I, World War Z? I haven't seen World War Z either. Is that a movie we absolutely should have seen? <laughs> no, but it's a really fun time. It's yeah, a good I agree. Movie. I liked it. I mean, it I'm out. not like against seeing World War Z. I just didn't do it yet. Someday. Uh, I I'm wonder not if, super into zombies. I wonder if Brad Pitt is superstitious in that when he eats, they become really great movies. Because uh, like we just named World War Z well, yeah. and what was the other one? Troy. Troy. Yeah. Not his best. Well, well I mean, they're not oceans. Great. Yeah. There is something about that. So like Robert Downey Jr. does this a lot too but he's always eating like during filming and they often keep it in, but it makes it feel more natural and more like human. Like, yeah, like this is a real person doing something real. So it yeah, does Robert something. Danny jr. Hides snacks throughout the other sets. Cause they don't want him to eat, but he'll like pull <laughs> stuff out from behind, like a, a piece on the set and, while like, start, they're filming. Yes. Yeah. And that's why Doolittle was a hit. <laughs> was it? No. <laughs> But supposedly, I don't know how true this is. Supposedly, in the Oceans movies, Brad Pitt had it in his contract <laughs> that he had to have so many scenes where he was eating something. So he's weird. eating so much in those movies. To accentuate his jaw. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> huh. It's a very funny. vain. And he just kept it in. Yeah. He just kept doing it. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if he, if he eats in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he eats those beans. Does he? Or he whatever eats those beans, and he then he definitely beans. drinks that milk, that carton oh. of milk before kicking Bruce Lee's butt. But <laughs> I, um, I heard he's one of the only, like, one of the few actors that really actually is eating when they have food, because like a lot of people will get something, but then it's hard for like continuity. If you need to reshoot, then they need to give you more food to make the plate look the yeah. same. But apparently, he's just actually eating. <laughs> I imagine he works out a ton, so For he sure. just needs to constantly He needs be. the calories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why he actually does it is to keep up his core. Like, okay, <laughs> I have to, to eat. Please let me eat. Well, Jake, you want to spin up the servers? Yeah, they're spinning. Oh, you already started them? Yeah, it's getting hot in here, right? I'm a little warm. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear the fans. Yeah. I'm using the excess heat to power my neighbor's houses. Just to oh, nice. you use... How do you use just heat to power a house? I'm sorry. I'm using the heat to heat my neighbor's houses. Oh, <laughs> I thought you'd like develop some kind of like, no, no, no like I, a I, steam I, engine. Maybe. Um, yeah, <laughs> it gets hot. It boils some water. Oh. This is boring. 
Which one? Which one? <laughs> Season right, two. Zach, Zach, we'll go to you first. What did you rate this, this movie? Is boring. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 10. <laughs> You're giving it a full 10? I'm giving it a freaking 10. All right. How do you like that, Scott? I love it. I'm giving this a 9 8. Jake? Oh, I don't, I don't want to say now, but I'm going to give it an 8 5. <sighs> <sighs> All right, Scott. <laughs> Scott, let's hear it. It's my movie. <laughs> 5.3 I am a little peeved that because I was about no. to nominate this and it would have really boosted my average yeah I'm, I'll, I'll give it an 8.9 oh this would have really boosted my average you hadn't even seen this movie you don't you don't deserve Moneyball. well I have it you well took it. just as I'm a reminder with Scott Pilgrim <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to yeah. include you Scott should Pilgrim. have done Scott Pilgrim so you you stole one with a Birdman I think that we should replace uh, Birdman with a rating that we imagine Scott Pilgrim deserves <laughs> yeah you know we rated Birdman a seven seventy eight percent right it's not like that buoyed yeah, Zach that score that we could tank it more <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it's not about maintaining average it's about reducing his his average all right all right all right well just a reminder the other guys gave this a seven point six or the 94 percent imdb gave it a 7.6 and on rotten potatoes this is a 93 percent hell yeah near perfect and uh well within our top five what did we give i'm glad that you have it scott thanks man yeah should have been mine in fact this just beat out uh, a few good men for third place wow What's our top top five right now? Inglorious Bastards, No Country for Old Men, Moneyball, A Few Good Men, and Braveheart. The, there will be Blood's not even in the top five? Oh, no, yeah, Scott. 5.1. I forgot. I totally all these forgot movies this. got all eights and nines. <laughs> what is There Will Be Blood? What, like is, what is There 70s? Will Be Blood outside also, of my ranking? Also, Scott tanked. Uh, you forgot about the social network. Oh, he yeah. gave it a 6.2. <laughs> Good Lord. Him and Jake. I gave it a nine. Jake gave it an eight. You, yeah, you eight? didn't give it You gave it an eight. Is social network gave it an eight even? Huh? Eight even. Oh, I don't remember. What that. did he give There Will Be Blood? Uh, Jake gave There Will Be Blood a nine. What did you give There Will Be Blood? 9.9. So five point one. That's just still so insane to me. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit. It's just disrespectful. Holy, holy crap. I feel like Daniel Day-Lewis knows. <laughs> That's why I did it. I just he's going like to knock him. on your door and he's going to say, Drainage. <laughs> that would make my whole life. Okay, we, we have to nominate something that Daniel Day-Lewis is in to change Scott's opinion of him. I'm fine with that. If that we started if, with his strong yeah, guest best one. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. I want to see Lincoln. I mean, he's also won four other Academy Awards. So. Yeah, but this is the best one. <laughs> yeah. I'm in physical pain. <laughs> Scott's drinking our milkshakes right now. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm your old friend, Scott. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the line. <laughs> well, <laughs> word for word, how that scene goes. Let's get the frick out of here. Zach, any final thoughts for uh, Scott? Whoa, what movie are we doing next week, Jake? Oh, shoot. I'm picking? It better be good. Uh, you know what? Next week, we are going to do... Are you hoping Tyler plays you? <laughs> <laughs> really He's not uh, gonna. We're doing The Imitation Game. Uh, no? <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Gangs of New York. 
Mm. We'll see. It is All a right. Daniel Day Lewis movie, so it's to be determined what's I happening next so week. I was so put on the spot. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>